Hey all, I'm Davide DiCipio, broadcaster for the Ottawa Junior Senators of the CCHL and for the Ottawa 67s on TSN 1200, and you're listening to The Geo Show. 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 Welcome to another episode of the Geo Show. I am, of course, your host and master of ceremonies, GOP. I've had a bit of a hiatus, but today I am joined by uh, Davide DiCipio, I guess a cohort of mine, uh, fellow uh, graduate of the Algonquin College radio program and a sports aficionado. He's been working with a lot of uh, sports teams, I guess, in the Ottawa area. Davide, how are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. How about you, Gio? I'm doing all right. Let's get into it. Uh, I want to start with talking about uh, you getting into uh, broadcasting in general and sports. So what led you upon this uh, this career path? Uh, well, um, it goes back till probably I was about eight years old. Um, my brother and I, like any other hockey fanatic or hockey players or stuff along those lines, uh, like Canadians, um, we would play mini sticks in the basement, um, anywhere really in our house or, uh, my grandparents house where I spent a lot of time, uh, growing up. And I would be the guy constantly making the announcements of who scored and we, uh, imitate like we were certain players. And, um, I just knew I, I wanted to do it. And then, uh, my brother, when he played minor hockey, um, I would con- every home game, I would go up to, uh, um, the rink staff and I'd say, do you guys have a microphone I can use? Uh, and I would announce the goals and penalties and be the PA announcer in the arena. And I constantly had parents coming up to me and say, man, you did uh, such a good job. And, uh, this is something that probably you should want to do. And sure enough, that led me into wanting to do a broadcasting, um, in, uh, internship well co-op and I did that in grade 11 and I happened to do it at CKDJ um, at Algonquin and I just fell in love I thought um, this is what I wanted to do and um, yeah the rest is history getting into sports did you uh, were you originally wanting to be someone who actually played uh, were you ever was there ever a chance of wanting to become uh, I guess a professional uh, athlete of some capacity or was it immediately just to go towards the uh, broadcasting or announcing portion of things? Well, uh, I never played hockey until I was 10 years old, which is odd to say. Uh, But uh, I played competitive baseball and competitive soccer until I was eight years old. And then my dad told me to make the decision of uh, do I want to play baseball or want to play soccer because of conflicting schedules in the summer? Of course, as you get older, uh, both sports get more demanding of, of time. Uh, so I, uh, eventually chose baseball and I'm very glad I chose baseball and I would never regret that decision because it led me to meet a lot of great people and it gave me a lot of great opportunities. I mean, um, in 2013, I, or 2011, let's start there. Um, my team captured an Ontario championship. Uh, and then two years later, my team, uh, ended up winning a, an Ontario championship and went on to the Canadian championships. And we won that and we won, the the right to play in probably the biggest, uh, little league baseball tournament in the world. And they allowed me to wear the Canadian emblem across my chest. And it's something I'll never, ever forget. And, um, but no, uh, as I got older, I mean, uh, I never played a high level hockey. I only played house league hockey. So that allowed me a lot of the time to focus on, on school. And, um, I mean, 
I was never big like Dan uh, into playing. I liked. I I'm big into appearance and being like the equipment side of things, management side of things, um, in a, in both hockey and both baseball. So uh, it was after my last high school baseball game. I said I then I've never played since. So um, ever since I was 18, so a couple of years ago, I, I haven't played in an organized game of either sport. So um, it's allowed me to go into my own career path and. This is always what I wanted to do. So you're more of a behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah. So I worked uh, five years with the Ottawa 67s uh, organization as an equipment manager. And it's something I'll, uh, I'm always thankful for. And it gave me a lot of, uh, opened a lot of doors for me, especially now in the broadcasting field, um, uh, just for meeting broadcasters across the league and meeting other people, high uh really important people in the league. And um, I've worked alongside three NHL players uh, from their time in Ottawa and just uh, got to work with some really great people with the 67s organization. Um, I worked as a ball boy with the Ottawa champions of the um, Can-Am league in their first season in 2015. Uh, Yeah. So I was, I'm really big into the behind the scenes stuff. And I guess now you can say I'm kind of a quote frontline guy being a broadcaster, but uh, yeah, it's something the front uh, behind the scenes stuff is stuff I'll uh, never forget. And I have stories uh, for the, for a lifetime. Now being someone who's worked uh, kind of behind the scenes on some uh, pretty big leagues, uh, what would you say is one of the bigger misconceptions that people have basically what you don't see on TV. What would you say is the biggest misconception that people have? Uh, That we don't like our jobs really, but I don't really see any misconceptions being kind of an equipment manager when I was with the 67s uh, for those five years. I mean, every time I was at the rink, I didn't really see it as a job. I saw it as just, me going to watch a hockey game for free and getting a close-up view of it and working alongside these players. But um, really, it's the players that make it fun. Uh, yes, there's long hours. Uh, I've spent, I don't know, I've overnights at rinks, uh, long hours at rinks. But um, I really, I, I, I love the job. Uh, I wouldn't have traded it for anything else in the world. Um, I got to meet some great people, people of um, high titles as well. Um but no, I'll, again, I love, I don't see if you love what you do, you'd never work a day of your life. And that's a quote I really like to live by. Uh, I just loved what I, what I did. And um, I just will always be thankful for that opportunity I got. Going kind of diverting away from what we're talking about. Uh, you've also been, I guess, in a lot of sports related media. As you mentioned, you were at an internship at CKDJ, and then later you went to uh, do the Algonquin College uh, radio broadcasting program where we met. And you actually started a, a morning show uh, that aired uh, for, uh, I, I believe, around a little, a year and a half on the station that you would do every uh, every two, every week. And that was the morning skate. Uh, can you tell a little bit about that experience? To start off, people in the in our program, if you can remember, Gio, they weren't big on always talking sports. So uh, for those two hours a day, uh, it originally started twice a week. And then once we got into um, our third semester, so in our second in our second year in the program, um, 
we only went down to one day a week, but for those two hours, it just allowed uh, myself, Matt and John, Sean originally in the start. And then um, Liam later joined us after just allowed us to talk sports for two hours. Um, we were given also a lot of great opportunities to interview some great people. Of course, um, I had a lot of connections with my time with the 67s to um, know a lot of great people and they were willing to come on the air. Uh, also, like we used everyone's connections. Matt brought in uh, a hockey hall of famer and uh, sent really a Hail Mary tweet to a couple guys in a NCAA program. And they happened to, two guys happened to join us, but, uh, and John also uh, got um, highly touted uh, college hockey player that was drafted to the NHL from the Ottawa area to come on as well. But um, so allowed us to share the stories. And of course, CKDJ is a local driven radio station. So allowed us to bring in uh, local guys onto a station um, that had some relevance for the market. And um, really it's, it was, it was fun. It was a good run uh, for us. Um, and I'm certainly going to have, have stories of bloopers or whatever, uh, for a really long time and stuff, probably some, uh, one of the highlights of, uh, being in that program. I, I had the, uh, pleasure a few times of being able to join in on some live broadcasts. And I particularly remember, uh, one of the last ones was a very heated debate on, uh, baseball, uh, on it, the justification of it being a boring sport. So that's always one of my favorite memories in the booth. Another thing was doing uh, live, uh, sports, uh, play-by-play and uh, yep. commentary with a lot of the CCHL teams. And that was something that was done by a lot of students in the program. What was your experience starting out with that? So it originally started in co-op. Uh, so this would have been the 2016, 2017 season. Um, Air AM 1700, which is, of course, the brother station of uh, CKDJ. Um, they were the main voice of the Ottawa West Golden Knights. Um, of the C- uh, Central Canada Hockey League uh, Tier 2. So it was Junior B Hockey. And one of the guys in the program, um, or two guy, guys in the they, program, Dante and Mason, I got to know also Josh well Kramer from my time at co-op. As well. um, and it led to, I said, hey, if you guys ever need a guy to come help out with the broadcast, um, I would love to. And it turns out one day, uh, it was after actually after my co-op had ended because I did it in the first semester of high school. So uh, it was in January. Um said, Hey, do you want to come, uh, uh, broadcast tonight? I said, sure. I'd love to. And that's how it started from there. Um, I ended up doing another game in the playoffs, um, that year. And then, um, the same guys actually did, um, the Ottawa junior senators, uh, junior a team. So of course, CKDJ has the rights with the Nepean Raiders, but these guys also did, uh, the junior sends. And I was actually, I went to a game, uh, they hosted the Eastern Canadian championships and I went on the air for one of the games. And, um, that led into the, uh, into the off season. Of course, um, one of the broadcasters with the junior sends Mike Nellis, who I knew, uh, before the junior sends broadcast from myself being an off ice official and, um, minor hockey here in the Ottawa area. Uh, he was a referee, so we'd often be paired up together and I knew he was in, uh, with the champions baseball team. Uh, so that off season, 
uh, or that summer came along. So summer of 2018, uh, Dante was gone to the, to the States to broadcast in the, for a team in the Blue Jays organization. So that opened up the door for a spot as a fill-in uh, with the champions. Um, so I know I'm, I'm naming off a lot of teams here for, for teams I've done, but um, things fell into place where Mike and Dante said, if you cover this under 22 team, uh, you, you'll be working with the champions next year. And that's, and that's where that came about. So I worked with the capital city reds with Mason uh, for summer 2018 and the hockey season started uh, with the junior senators that year. Uh, and then sure enough, uh, everything fell into place and I became one of the voices with the junior senators in the last two years. Uh, and then work with the Ottawa champions in the 2019 season. And we got something planned right now that I'll be the voice of the uh, newest baseball franchise in, in Ottawa come 2020 or 2021. So that's really, that's really cool. Um, I think that I want to branch out two ways with that first with being with uh, baseball. Um, I know it's been a bit of a shaky foundation, particularly in Ottawa. There's been a lot of, uh, baseball's come and gone a lot of the times uh i've talked about this a lot what are you now you're obviously behind the scenes on uh this kind of new operation for baseball what's uh, what could you say is coming up is there any spoilers you can give us for the for what can we expect uh baseball wise for ottawa uh well i guess the last time you had matt on to talk about this subject there was actually nothing set in place for now in the future so uh in back in september there was something that was in talks for the last well year and it got signed off in September that the group of the Winnipeg gold eyes were another Canadian independent team uh, that played out of the American association uh, their ownership group and the Ottawa sports and entertainment group who own the red blacks of the Canadian football league in the 67s of the OHL uh, came together and signed a lease with the city to join the Frontier League, which was the original merge of the Can-Am League where the champions were uh, that went to the Frontier League. So which was great. Baseball was coming back for 2021. Uh, so I sent off a simple email saying, yeah, uh, I would love to be involved any way possible uh, with this with this team. I, I'm a, I love baseball. Um, I've gone to games for really four of the five, six teams that have been around in my lifetime. Uh, I caught the tail end of the Ottawa Lynx uh, in 2007. And then the Rapids in 2000 were only around for 2008. And then uh, the Fat Cats who were probably the most successful other than the Lynx uh, in terms of baseball in this city. They draw 4,000 fans a game uh, for basically men's league baseball, but it was still uh, professional to an extent. They were around uh, from 2010 to 2000 and I believe tw uh, 2012. And then the champions from 2015 till 2019. So uh, I'm a big uh, baseball guy. I played it my entire life. Like I mentioned at the start of this interview, Gio, and uh, I just wanted to be involved any way possible. And then things fell into place now. And um, here we are, the team is ready to hit the field come 2021. Uh, that's barring any late changes. And uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And to pick up on that point of any details to mention, there is, uh, the name of the team, the contest just finished a couple of weeks ago and the team expect the team name to be released sometime uh, in early December. So to pay attention to the at baseball, Ottawa on Twitter, the find out what the newest baseball team will be called here in the nation's capital. Very exciting. Uh, looking forward to that. 
But uh, with it coming back, I really hope that uh, things hopefully stay the way they are. Because uh, if, if you've been obviously making this dated, unfortunately, uh, there's been a lot uh, happening in the year of 2020. I remember uh, back in around March, uh, I was actually working with you when this fell apart. We were doing broadcasts for the Ottawa West Golden Knights. And I remember slowly doing those live broadcasts working as a board I was working as a board opposition uh we kind of the world kind of fell apart and uh we kind of lost all sports for a while uh we've been seeing a slow return um we saw basically the NHL return uh NFL as well uh baseball has also returned uh, at least the national leagues uh and slowly as of lately we've had a lot of uh, local teams return hopefully that's the same with baseball but i really wanted to get your uh, opinion as being someone who's worked uh behind the scenes uh actually been at games uh recently you've actually called uh recently a lot of OJS games um there's been calls saying that this is still isn't safe uh some people are saying that it is safe and then there's comparing it to other situations uh it's it's actually quite safe uh what are your thoughts do you think it's safe to be broadcasting now yeah um i mean there's a lot going on um of course in the hockey side of things with the no contact thing i think that's probably the biggest uh issue that uh is involved with the whole hockey return to play thing so um the cchl um and i guess that's branching teams um, have agreed to uh, play no contact, uh, but rub outs and battle drill or uh, battles along the boards are still all around. And really um, I am a guy that's not for this decision. I mean, you're kind of changing the complexion of the game uh, if you're doing this uh, sort of thing, but um, I give credit to all the teams. Uh, from watching numerous games in different leagues uh, across Ontario. They've done a great job and the officials, I'll give them a, a bunch of credit as well. They've done a great job of uh, handling the situation uh, that's been put in front of them. Uh, I mean, one of the simple rules that were given to teams in the, in the CCHL were simply put your mask on when you're on the bench. Uh, I, I don't think they're really too um, keen on it being on the ice, needing it when you're on the ice, but um to the contact thing, um, there's less danger really in a way to pass this uh, virus from a simple hit because you're basically connecting shoulder to shoulder. Uh, there's really, to me, if you look at it this way, there's more, there's a greater chance of passing along, lining up beside each other on a face-off, right? There's more risk passing it to one another when you're sitting beside each other on the bench or sitting beside each other in the locker room, these guys are showering together, but uh, they've done a great job to control it in the rink. And we've done such a good job now in the past couple of weeks since that uh, 28 day lockdown to reset and our numbers have been uh, pretty good, but you're dealing with like 18 year old kids, 20 year old kids that are going to universities that are going anywhere else. But uh, really there's bigger problems that they have to worry about outside of hockey, not just giving it inside of hockey. If you, um, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I give, I give the teams a lot of credit. Uh, they've done a great job of handling it from spacing themselves out in the dressing room to wearing their mask on the bench, uh, and to follow all the protocols of non-contact. Uh, but, and it really is great to see, 
uh, hockey comeback, really developmental scrimmages, uh, exhibition games. We, uh, they're allowed to be called now uh, just to get the guys back playing because a year off can take a toll on your body. And um, these guys have done all they can to try to get to that next level, whether it's a, um, a major junior experience or uh, an NCAA commitment. Uh, these guys need to be on the ice uh, doing and playing uh, me- somewhat meaningful hockey to get to that next level and they need it. Um, and yeah, uh, baseball, uh, it worked pretty well for the most part uh, in the major leagues. And we'll see if it's, uh, if the borders would be open for the Ottawa team to, to travel across um, with or all sorts of protocols to come uh, next summer. But I guess that we'll cross that bridge when we get there and we'll see what's up. But um, maybe uh, an all Canadian division comes about with uh, Ottawa, Trois-Rivières and Quebec City, maybe something happens with Winnipeg coming over. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, come baseball season. But uh, hockey's done a great job so far, and hopefully it stays that way. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with what all the statements that you've made there. And I think one of the unfortunate things is, is that um, as of recently, there's been a lot of impulse shopping uh, out in the wild, and uh, people have been crowding in places like Walmart and Canadian Tire, and you know, if you see the behavior in places like that and the way people are kind of pushing around and just trying to get the stuff they need, thinking that they're trying to be safe, if you compare and compare that to the precautions that are being taken at hockey games, like there are they're being more safe than these retail operations, and you wonder why the outbreak is still happening. Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to have 50 people, uh, 500 people in a Costco, but uh, you can't have 50 people or more than 50 people uh, in a hockey rink. You can't have people spaced out in the stands to watch a hockey game, even if it's one parent per child. Um, But uh, they put a lot of restrictions on these junior A teams, but for the minor hockey, uh, they're allowed to have probably about 50 kids on the ice with six coaches and one parent per child in the arena. So I I don't understand uh, really what, the whole protocol thing is why is it different? Why can't it be a standard across the board that uh, it's two, two to three coaches on the ice max with your one team with no fans. Uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I, the first game I actually broadcasted, I was the only one in the stands other than uh, a public health official that was there watching to make sure players had their masks on, on the bench and all like making sure everything was right. But, and the thing that came out of that was, um, if it works so well for these guys, why won't it work for the 10 and 11 year olds? Well, if you look at it, these 18, 19 year olds are playing to further their career. I know they're the 10 and 11 year olds are also looking to further their career, but they're not at that stage yet. There'll be, there's a lots of times um, there. They right now, what they should be focusing on is skills and drills, uh, learning the aspect of the games and getting better and all those uh, different situations, but a scrimmage, uh, if you're doing half ice practices with the other team, sure. Like let that happen. But the difference with an organized game, basically playing a scrimmage is like playing, uh, is the equivalent of playing an organized game. So things are looking pretty good for starting a season here in junior a, and we'll see if that can translate to the OHL. I know the OHL has a lot of different, um, restrictions because of having uh three teams based out of the united states so there's a lot of obstacles to deal with there and uh, a lot more travel than there is here uh playing junior a in ottawa all right i i I agree with that and it's just 
it's a little, you know, we're in weird times. So, I mean, I think we can just, the best thing is just hope for the best and hopefully we'll have this situation resolved. It's just really unfortunate, but, uh, it's the way it's going to be for a while now. Um, unfortunate, but the truth, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I guess to round this off, um, hopefully just leaving this on a bit of a positive note, uh, Maybe I shouldn't be bringing this off, but I always like to mention interests of the people that I'm interviewing. And you're quite the uh, you're quite the fan of a certain comedian. You're quite the Sebastian Maniscalco fan. Uh, being a bit of an Italian boy, just like myself, um, let's talk about that. You're you're a pretty big fan of his. How how'd you find him? Uh well, it was last year. Uh, he was doing his. Uh, tour and that tour ended up coming to Ottawa. Another guy on my brother's hockey team who was Italian and mentioned this guy, he said, I'm going to uh, his show uh, next Saturday. So I said, okay. Like, so I went to my mom and said, do you know who this guy is? And uh, we looked him up on YouTube and we watched some of his clips and just right away, I just fell in love with this guy. Like so relatable. I mean, I follow a lot of, Italian meme accounts and Italian accounts on social media and just seeing the stuff that they put out, uh, about our upbringing and all that stuff. Uh, it's so relatable. And I just find the stuff that he says and the way he, he says it very relatable and old world upbringing, superstitious. God, my family's superstitious. I remember once I got my first car, it was a 1984 uh, Celica. As soon as I got it, my father hung a red horn from the rear view mirror of the car, right? <laughs> Just a red horn dangling. I go, what are you doing? This looks like, looks like it's for the Milwaukee, the eye. So nobody gives you the eye. Nah, it's for the demons, you know? It's so nobody looks at you and cripples your soul. He just, he gives a good laugh. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's the energy in the presentation of yeah, just uh, him, like projecting the comedy. It's the, it's the simple gestures and the way he rolls his tongue on certain words. And, uh, it's, it's so Italian and it's so relatable. Oh, he's amazing. And I'm, I'm nostalgic for the times back in, uh, early 2020 before the pandemic hit of just being at the CK station, just watching Maniscalco clips in the empty classrooms. One of my favorite experiences. But yeah. Anyway, as a way to end off the podcast, where can we find you, Mr. Decipio? if any of uh, the podcast listeners want to follow the uh, Ottawa sports journey, want to see you on uh, Ottawa baseball? You can follow me on Twitter uh, at ddiscipio8 uh, and at uh, on on Instagram uh, at ddiscipio. So those are basically the two social media platforms I use the most. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn uh, and Facebook as well. So um, my DMs are open. So any questions for aspiring sports broadcasters out there, they can uh, feel free to reach out, and I'll pass some of my words of wisdom from uh, a brief stint so far in professional sports. All right. Well. What a nice way to end off. I uh, just want to thank you for having you on the pod. It's interesting to have the, we've kind of started off um, this kind of, this is the uh, season one finale. We started off after finding out that kind of sports are canceled and um, just planning. It was just once the other leagues were starting up, it was just the planning of eventually when this is going to come back. And we've uh, ended off this season uh, where 
sports are back and they are back and uh, cchl is kind of back and it's interesting to kind of see the transition period before that so thank you uh davide discipio for coming on the show and thank you for listening to the geo show if you'd like to find more content we are on spotify stitcher apple podcasts um, and if you want to find the main home of the geo show simply search us up on facebook we have links to all the episodes and where you can listen to them I've been GOP. You can find me on Twitter at P-E-T-T-I underscore G-O-G-I-O. And you can find all the content there. Thanks for listening to the Geo Show. Thanks, uh, Davide DiCipio, for being on. Anything you want to say before the episode ends? Oh, thanks for having me, Geo. All right. And thanks for listening. Thank you for coming on. And that's it for the Geo Show. See you uh, next time on uh, Season 2. The Geo Show. Geo Show. The Geo Show. The Geo Show.